You're listening to American Snippets, the all-American podcast for those looking to dream bigger, live better, and make an impact. What is going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of American Snippets. It is Friday. Thank you for tuning in today. We have another uh, awesome little episode for you today. We're going to recap the week as well. Uh, Barb, happy Friday. Dave, thank you. (laughs) We uh, published a couple of podcasts earlier this week. Monday, we uh, did our little uh, short snippet with Michael Burnoff. Uh, We interviewed Michael, I think, about a year and a half ago, but we did a little short snippet on Monday of some of his insight and wisdom. Uh, Short little snippet. It's about 15 minutes long, so go check out that podcast. And then Wednesday, it was on Wednesday, yeah, I got to interview... Or Monday, whatever day it was. They all blur together in COVID land, right? Oh, we but published one day Wednesday, this week. Yeah. We published Wednesday. Um, Actually, we didn't publish Wednesday because we got delayed with the snowstorm that we got here. Well, well so yeah, there you go. Another <laughs> week in the life of Dave and Barb. But yesterday it, it but, went live. Uh, I uh, did get to sit down and speak with Jenna McKay. And I I love this. This is just another example. You know, I get a little sour on social media and having to use these platforms. And it's overwhelming with 500 billion new platforms coming out, right? And sometimes you can think, what is the point of me even engaging in any of them? It's just so stupid and overwhelming. But, um, you know, my my good friend, Taya. You're stupid and overwhelming. So I can't say it. Um, (laughs) She she posted uh, this beautiful post like she always does. And my eye came to the comment. Oh, my God. (laughs) All right. Thank you. That was a nice one. But my comment fell. I mean, my eye fell to a comment by Jenna McKay, who just posted something so sweet. And so I dug into her a little bit and I discovered that she is the survivor of sexual trafficking. Not only that, but it was her husband who trafficked her in a situation so unimaginable. It's really, really difficult to even go there in my head and think about. So just from that social media, the Instagram post it was, I found Jenna, I reached out to her, I said, oh my goodness, you have an incredible story. We'd love to feature you on American Snippets. And she was equally surprised saying, I always wonder what's the point of making these comments? Who reads them anyway? Is there even a point? And so that was just for her and I. And then I got to connect her with another survivor of sexual trauma who was also trafficked by her husband. And those two had never met another person who was trafficked by their husband, even though they advocate and help others. So that's a little sideline there, tangent. But that's the lesson I learned um, even before I even interviewed them is that you just never know who is going to see or be impacted or reflect. So even if it can feel like there's no point, what is I'm just screaming into a void, like look at all the amazing things that happen just because I saw a comment that she made on somebody else's site, right? And it's only just beginning. The ripple effect is going to continue to expand. But yeah, Jenna um, and Krista, who I hooked her up with, who we had also interviewed on American Snippets, uh, were both sexually trafficked by their husbands with, um, as you can imagine, just horrible, horrible impact on their lives, but how they both come out of it and the work they do and the inspiration they are is just nothing short of incredible. And I am so, I mean, it's what keeps me going in in doing all this, right? Because it's hard for us to come sometimes keep churning and find the motivation to dig deep and keep doing all this. We get to meet all these people and learn all these things. And if I can walk away from these interviews with a completely different mindset that I can use to attack the rest of the day. I know that just listening to the interview um, on the other end and hearing what they have to say, will do that for our community as yeah, well. So yeah. I'd love to hear 
feedback on that, what you guys think of uh, uh, those interviews too. Yeah, we want to encourage you to to handle it that way too and look at it that way as well. That's why we do these interviews on Wednesdays and why we have the guests that we have come on the show because they have just impactful, inspiring stories uh, and lessons and wisdom and things that you can definitely apply in your, in your own life. Um, so I encourage you to go back to Wednesday's podcast and uh, listen uh, to that episode. And then for next week, I'm interrupting you. Interrupt the sources, me. I just got off uh, an interview today with Julia and Nick. They co-wrote a book about Julia's right. firsthand experience as a National Guard uh, member who was on the ground in D.C. for the June, uh, this past June of the, the protests and the riots for BLM. And she is there now uh, back deployed as per orders, you know, in D.C. And her book, their book really goes into her firsthand account. And it really shows the disparity of what is real versus what the media portrays. And not always in the, in not to fit any particular narrative, it's just the truth. It was super fascinating for me to hear. And we got into things like, um, you know, the guard being sent to the Capitol garage and was that a big deal or was it not a big deal? Yeah. Some of you may be surprised to hear her answer to that. Um, and then the difference in how they were treated in June versus how they're being treated now in the eyes of the media and yeah. the people that they run across. It's really interesting. I'm excited for that episode to drop as well. That will be next week. Yeah. And I'm sure you know anyone who's listening realizes by now that you only usually get one side of the story, depending on who and what you're listening to when it comes to uh, mainstream media and even social media. So what we're trying to do here is give a little more diversity of of uh, opinion and thought and bring you you know facts and different perspectives. And so next week's interview will definitely do that. Uh, and we're going to do that today, actually, as well, because we're going to be talking about schools and getting our kids and children back to in-person learning because it's been over a year and it's really important and it's time. Uh, the CDC chief even says that it's time. But unfortunately... It seems like our leaders uh, are not going against are going against what the CD, CDC officials are saying uh, is that, you know, there is evidence that indicates we can open our schools now if precautions are taken and that we can open our schools without teachers actually having to be vaccinated either because of a variety of reasons. Um, but it seems like um, our president and the governors that have the choice, like our state leaders have the, have the choice to send our children back to classrooms or not. But it seems like Biden and governors and so on and so forth, it seems like they're choosing between teachers unions and our kids. And I just think that's unacceptable. Yeah, it does seem, again, I was just talking about this this morning, that there are a lot of pawns in political games for all of eternity, not just now, right? But uh, among the pawns are our kids, our students, and what is right, what is wrong. It's taking them out of school, understandable, the first time around. Seems like a year from now, I, since this has been going on a year now, it's time. Send them back to school. This cannot go on indefinitely. What happens when the next plague hits or the next virus hits, whatever you want to call it, because it... I mean, I can't imagine something like this is not going to happen again. It's happened once, and there's a lot of reasons why it could happen again. And odds are it probably will happen again. So, um, you know, it's it's been a year. I know the new administration is only in a couple of weeks, and they're still blaming Trump 
for all of this, but at some point you have to stop blaming Trump as well. And let's just get our shit together and get these kids back to school. The impact, the suicide rates, the depression that we're seeing firsthand um, in kids in our own home and our friends' kids, it's it's not okay. Yeah. Um, it really send these kids back to school. And the fact that teachers unions could have a, a decision over this you know, like why wouldn't the unions? Yeah, he's looking. Want he's, to go back? he's looking to you know another hundred days before. Another hundred days from now. Yeah, before we actually open schools. I mean, and, how many days are there in the school? Yeah, you know, and and look, I think I think Joe Biden is is the most pathetic, weakest president that we've ever had. I mean, he's just he he exudes weakness. He had forty seven years in Congress in D.C. and has really nothing to show for it, and now he's. Well, nothing he, to benefit the country to show right. for it, but he's got things to, ben- to show for his family. Yeah, and I think now he's he's refusing to stand up to these unions, unions because he's forced to choose between his high-profile elitist Democratic donors and our children and reopening schools. Joe I mean, that's, Biden that's is that's about just how Joe I see Biden. It. That's it. Like, if it doesn't serve his body, it doesn't serve his interest to get our kids back into school, to reopen the schools. It does not serve his political interest or his bottom line. So, therefore... Yeah. That's 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 the end of the story. Yeah, and it's you know unions across the country, like uh, in Chicago, for instance, they're advocating for continued at-home learning uh, and defying an order to return to the classroom with continued concerns over COVID nineteen. Even though, again, the CDC is saying that it's okay to go back to school. Um, teen suicides are on the rise. You know, some studies show that. Uh, kids will never make up the lost time that they yeah. missed over the last year and a half, the experiences, the new friendships, the sports that they missed out on. And these, you know, these things could affect them for years to come. I mean, it's, you know, go back to when you were in school, right? Like we never had to experience this before. And especially yeah. if you're a teenager or you know, you're very, um, you know, your influence, you need that growth, you need that learning. I mean, you I need personally that would have probably experience. loved it because I was like yeah. ridiculously yeah. bullied and tormented, like actually harassed. So for me, a two-year reprieve not going to school would have probably been a lifesaver. But academically, yeah. no, you know? Right. Um, and I would have been even further behind than I was because I already struggled sure. academically for a while. And that's not necessarily the solution either. The solution to bullying yeah. isn't necessarily put, keep, keep everybody in your house, right? right? Yeah. Um, so not to advocate for that, but and look, uh, we're that's giving... just being totally honest. Like me personally, I would have probably loved it, but I was the exception to the rule. Uh, most other kids were very social and they needed that interaction and they needed to get out. And we're, we're seeing it. We're seeing it right here in our own home. Well, exactly. Yeah. We're giving our perspective and opinion on things, but that's because we have kids. Right. Like I have two kids. One in middle school, one in high school. Barb has a son who, you know, last son who is finishing high school, who's graduating this, this year. This was the he year he even, was actually looking forward to yeah, his senior year. He yeah. had a lot going on that he was looking forward to. And he's no not proms, really a fan no, of going like none of that, you know, right? into school. But this year, yeah, he was looking forward to it. So, and he's, you know, suffering because what are they supposed to do, right? You can't get out there and work because most of the jobs that are hiring teenagers were closed. Um, and the ones that are slowly starting to open up can no longer afford to hire people once the minimum wage goes up to 15 bucks an hour, that's going to be the end of that as well. Uh, you know, hiring teenagers yeah. and hiring extra staff. People are going to start losing their jobs, people who normally. So right. that's a whole other shit show right. right there. And we see firsthand right. what that online learning is like, right? Like it's. It's a joke. It's and this a is, joke. It's I'm going to jump in here 
and applaud our teachers who are really going the extra mile yes. and doing everything they can. I don't. I feel like we're starting starting to sound like we're bashing teachers a no, little. No, but we're bashing. But we're we're, we're, we're target like it's the teachers' unions. The teachers' right? union, right? But I again, I have teachers in my family. Three of my sisters are teachers. One of whom is a is a principal of a high school. Where and I've seen them struggling and working so hard to really make up for this deficit for their students. They're going above and beyond. They're doing everything everything they can. And I see my one sister like actually getting emotional because she misses her students. So, you know, this is not, there's plenty of teachers who are just as frustrated, if not even more frustrated than we are. And all of us are being held hostage by politics. Yeah. And, the, and there's politics in the teachers union is what, you know, all the teachers who are within the teachers union don't have a say. And what's going on is the people who are in power in the teachers union that have the say. So here are these teachers who are forced to be in unions, forced to pay union dues and have to then stand up to union things. And I know people who were upset when they found out, for instance, that the teachers union put out an actual endorsement for Biden or something. Right. And this person was like, what the hell? This is not. Yeah, there's no place for that. You know, I paid my teachers dues because I have to, but I don't want my name supporting a candidate. I don't support, you know, so. They're, they're not, it's not the teachers who are the villains here. Right. It's the political realm of the unions. Yeah. Which leads, which leads us to, you know, the next topic in terms of uh, our kids' education, you know, one being opening up schools now, getting back to in-person learning. Uh, and the second being uh, teachers' unions really being against the growing consensus in this country about uh, school choice. Uh, and it seems like uh, so far, all signs are showing that uh, Biden is also caving to teachers unions when it comes to school choice. Um, here's a, a poll uh, on the topic. This is a poll conducted by uh, a Democratic polling firm called Beck Research. And they found that 65 percent of K through 12 parents back school choice. Moreover, moreover, uh, 75 4% of African-Americans and 71% of Latino groups uh, all, gain, uh, all gain um, from the option of school choice. So they have a lot, it has a lot of support. The country wants to see school choice, but it seems like the president is also backing teachers unions when it comes to this growing consensus. And I think that's concerning as well, because I, you know, what's wrong with choice? <laughs> like choice is a, is a huge thing across all spectrums. Like people should have a choice to choose well, you know, leaning, what they want to do, the education that they want to give their kids That's a leading mindset from the left. We're, what we're hearing more and more. And I just wrote an article on that a while ago about the CNN, remember the CNN show, the host who was like, oh my God, I think he was a former CEO at Facebook or something who went on there. And he's like, the problem is people have too much choice. Like they don't like choice in where we get our news they don't like choice in right. who we listen to. Right. They don't like choice. They don't want us. They they don't want our. They don't like choice in how we express support for something. They don't like our choice in who we vote for. They don't want our choice in what we think or what we say in terms of supporting one cause or another. If you don't say things exactly how they decide you're supposed to say them, then you're the enemy. You're the you're a piece of crap, right? So th th it's not surprising that they also don't want to allow choice for where parents get to send their children to school. They're taking away choice. They're taking away choice of parents to get their kids vaccinated, uh, you know, healthcare. Their kids can go into school and get shots without telling their parents. They can do, they're taking choice away. And that is just 
chipping away, chipping away, chipping away. So it's not a surprise. Yeah. They what they're they are against choice. Yeah. Will, a, a one size fits all approach to our. Unless you want to kill your baby, then it's your choice. <laughs> Oh, well, that's it's, a whole nother topic. Well, it's true. Yeah. That's the only choice right. they support. Yeah. That is the only choice they support. You know, a one, a one size fits all approach to education is, uh, is ruinous. Like it's not what our children need. It's not what parents in this country want. Uh, they want school choice. And it seems as right now, there's really no. So I'm fired up today. Yeah. There's no seat at the table <laughs> for that in uh, Joe Biden's. Stuff uh, just makes me so administration. mad. I'll simmer down. So anyway, uh, Joe has shown no concern for the growing consensus in favor of school choice, preferring, it seems, to uh, spend his early presidency catering to teachers, union bosses, and promoting their ruinous one-size-fits-all education approach. Um, I think that's from the New York Post. So look, um, it's time, I think, for our kids to get back to school. It's time for our kids to have school choice. Having more choice is a good thing. It's not a bad thing. It's time for the Biden administration and our governors and our local leaders and our parents to stand up to these teacher unions and get our schools back open. Like enough is enough, right? Our kids need this. They need to be in, get back to in-person learning. Agreed. Yeah. Um, all right. So we're going to end it up uh, or round this podcast episode out with a, um, a little video or actually audio snippet from a gentleman named uh, Brandon Michonne. Uh, he's a Virginia father that stood up to his local school board in a viral video that maybe many of you have seen, maybe not. Uh, but if you haven't seen it and you haven't heard it, we're going to end this episode with that audio. So enjoy. We appreciate you tuning in today and we will see you again soon. Excellent. All right. Take care, everybody. <laughs> You should all be fired from your day jobs because if your employers knew that you were more inefficient than the, than the DMV, you would be replaced in a heartbeat. I literally just finished a conference call because I'm having to multitask to be here to, to address you guys. You're a bunch of cowards hiding behind our children as an excuse for keeping schools closed. You think you're some sort of martyrs because of the decisions you're making when the statistics do not lie that the vast majority of the population is not at risk from this virus. The garbage workers who pick up my freaking trash risk their lives every day more than anyone in this school system. Figure it out or get off the podium because you know what? There are people like me and a line of other people out there who will gladly take your seat and figure it out. It's not a high bar. Raise the freaking bar. I'm going to give staff an opportunity to make sure that um, the podium and microphone have been. Please wipe it down ahead of time, please, because we don't want anything to affect us. Sir, your time is finished. Can you please leave the know, boardroom? It's okay. Don't worry Thank you. About I'll be back next time. In the next time. To open the freaking school! Can I ask the deputy to please make sure the gentleman had leaves the boardroom? Come on, I'll walk out with you. There's another one out there. All right, let's walk. Can the people in line in the hallway hear me? Mm -hmm.